advised, we've got zips in the wire down here. For the record, it's my call. Dump everything you've got left on my paws. I say again, expend all remaining in my perimeter. Coming to you from behind the lines in Washington State, local and national talk, news, and opinions. This is the Behind the Line podcast. You know, Jay Ensley loves crying emergency, emergency, emergency. We've got all these emergencies. We have a permanent climate emergency. We have a fire emergency. We have a drought emergency. You know what emergency this clown of a governor has yet to talk about? It is the traffic emergency that happens in the Puget Sound every day of the week. I drive 180 miles round trip five days a week to work in Seattle. And if I get off work anytime after two in the afternoon, it takes me three hours to go 90 miles every time. Traffic has gotten absolutely horrendous. Aggressive driving has gotten absolutely horrendous. It's worse than I've ever seen it. People drive at whatever speed they want to. I see them drive past state patrolmen driving 80 or 90 miles an hour and the troopers don't do anything about it. It It's insanity. Every night there's some kind of major accident that creates absolute chaos everywhere. If you try to go around it, every side road in the surrounding area is total gridlock. I mean, when is this guy going to do something about the congestion? You know, I think he likes it because he wants to punish people for being in their cars, but this is the reality. I have to travel for, you know, cost of living reasons and the amount of money that I can make in Seattle. And I'm sure a lot of these people are in the same boat. And yet this guy, this goofball, does nothing about it. You know, the Fife Curve is one of the worst spots along I-5, north or south. And then you've got the whole stretch by JBLM, which is insane. And they just did all this freeway work on I-5 around JBLM, which has done absolutely nothing to relieve congestion at all. It's just as bad as it ever was. I have no idea what they thought they were accomplishing by making all the changes to the freeway in that area. But something needs to be done. You've got choke points like the Fife Curve and uh, the Nisqually Basin where there's no way around. And uh, all the side roads, Pacific Highway or 99 uh, going south and north, it's not, uh, it's not a feasible way to get around any problems in Fife because you've got all the stoplights that they've put in all the way down it. 
and and then you add in the fact that everybody gets off the freeway and goes to 99 and then you've got the stoplights it doesn't help there's no way to get around i mean this these are problems that need to be resolved for voters and he says nothing does nothing doesn't address the issue the state patrol is not addressing the issues with drivers. You know, there should be harsher penalties for people that cause accidents that create absolute havoc and chaos on every other road and make it so people can't get home. The speeding, the aggressive driving, why are these people not being stopped? Why, why is the state patrol not being more aggressive about stopping these people? And the state needs to invest in the speed radar cameras and install them on the freeway and, you know, start getting these people under control. Because I guarantee you, 90% of these accidents are caused by some asshole that thinks he's an NASCAR driver or some specially trained high-speed driver in his, you know, souped-up little car weaving in and out of traffic and winds up taking out two or three cars and then clogging up the entire freeway for the next three hours during the afternoon commute. We need to get a handle on this. I mean, this is ridiculous. And the more people that move out of the city into the surrounding areas, the worse this is going to get. That guy needs to do his job in the governor's office and start addressing some of these real issues that affect us every single day. And quit crying about all this other stuff that we aren't contributing to in Washington and he can't do anything about. As much as he wants to go save the world, he needs to worry about the taxpayers here in the state and start doing some things to improve our quality of life. Because right now, it's shit. So I want to talk about uh, my own little personal experience with uh, COVID restrictions. My uh, oldest daughter just had her first uh, baby, a daughter, my first granddaughter. And uh, even though all these restrictions, well, before they even were talking about the restrictions being lifted, the hospital told her that she could only have two people uh, in the room with her when she has the baby. So one was her husband and the other was my wife, her mom. And so my wife had to take a uh, class. My wife has had five kids. She is a school teacher. And uh, she had to take a class in order to be in the room with my daughter when she has the baby. Class costs a hundred bucks and it was to make her a certified doula, which means she is someone that can come in and support uh, anybody having a baby. So if there was a single mom or so something that didn't have any family or support, they could hire, I guess, or a doula to come in and 
you know, basically help coach them through the childbirth. Completely unnecessary for her mother to have to take a class like this, but, you know, the state of Washington. And so she takes the class, and then, like, a week or two later, you know, they announce that the these restrictions are going to be lifted, and so then she didn't need the class anymore. But... The hospitals are still having these rules about only two people. And it doesn't matter if you've been vaccinated, which we have not. Uh, but it wouldn't have mattered if, if we were. They still wouldn't let us in. It doesn't matter if you take a COVID test. It doesn't matter if you wear a mask. You have to only have two people. I have no idea why. So I missed the birth of my granddaughter and I could not go visit her in the hospital either and my wife was telling me that while my daughter was pushing uh, you know having contractions and trying to push on to the baby the nurse actually did a COVID test on her while she was she didn't even really give her tell her give her any warning or tell her what she was going to do she just shoved the uh, Q-tip, they did the Q-tip way up the nasal canal test, shoved it up her nose while she's trying to push and get the baby out. And, uh, I mean, what what in the hell? Like, if you're going to, why didn't they test her when she first came into the hospital? You know, this was like eight hours into her labor. They decide to do this my mom my wife said they actually drew blood from her nose because they shoved it up there so far and my wife asked them you know well what would happen if she tested positive which she did not but and they told her that she would be moved to isolation and all the nurses would have to wear you know the radiation suits and all that crap and then she wouldn't be able to have anybody in the room with her when she's having the baby. I mean, can you even imagine them doing that to somebody? I, It just, it baffles me. It goes against everything that a doctor or nurse should stand for, for patient care, to make somebody deliver their child alone. Anyway, so on the flip side of this, I have a 95-year-old grandma who recently fell and broke her hip and uh, had to go to the hospital. And then when she was done at the hospital, they moved her to a nursing home for rehab. And that's, that's where she's going to stay. She's not, she's not going to return to her home. And uh, I know from my previous medical experience that when somebody that age breaks a hip that's usually like the last hurrah you know that's usually the end of the line shortly not too long after that okay just because the, you know they end up getting some kind of infection or it's just too much for them to take and they they just end up passing away and so She's in this nursing home. She's actually pretty happy there. She's got, she's made friends there and has people to talk to. She was living alone, uh, close to me, but alone. And uh, my kids would go visit her a lot when she was at home. 
uh, especially my younger kids. And so my wife goes to visit her at the nursing home and asks them, you know, if um, my kids can come visit her. And she can only have one visitor at a time, which means I'd have to send my young kids in there. I mean, they're teenagers, but, you know, they're not... You know how teenagers are. They don't want to do stuff like that by themselves. They'd rather have, you know, me or my wife go in with them, which is totally understandable. But no, they have to come in by themselves, and they won't allow anybody under the age of 18 to come into the nursing home. Vaccinated or not, does not matter. And my kids are not vaccinated. Uh, So... I'm just wondering, like, what is the purpose of getting the vaccination if you still can't do things like this, like be present at your daughter's childbirth or go to see your grandma before she fucking dies? Uh, Is it just to go to some baseball game and sit in a special fucking section for people that have gotten the shot or to... uh, you know, go to other special events with other assholes that have gotten the vaccination. There's no benefit to being able to see your own family. You have the state telling you that, sorry, your kids are not going to see your grandma before she dies. Why are we putting up with this? Like, why is this acceptable to anybody? Um... Until you can explain that to me, until you can explain why, if I were to get the vaccination, I still cannot see my own family, that is not up to some government asshole to tell me, or anybody else. I mean, this is America. This is a free country. If I want to see my family, then um, I should be able to see my family. And if I'm not sick, and... I've been tested and I'm not sick, then I'm trying to figure out where the logic is of keeping families separated during these, you know, once-in-a-lifetime or end-of-life events. Whose stupid-ass idea was this and what science or logic are they following to come up with these rules? I have had enough of it, as I'm sure most of you have. This has gone on too long, and it's gone too far, and it's taken away too many of our rights. And now, you know, they're crying about the Delta variant, the Delta variant, and uh, I don't know. Los Angeles has imposed mask mandates again indoor mask mandates and I have this funny feeling that we're going to be looking at lockdowns again in a couple months because cases are going to spike even though the government wants to tell you that only the people who haven't been vaccinated are getting sick that's not possible if you look at Los Angeles their cases have spiked over 200% so it's not just unvaccinated people it's everybody And quite frankly, if you want herd immunity, it's going to take people getting infected and getting over it 
with their own antibodies, not some shitty vaccine that's not tested and doesn't sound safe to me. Too many side effects. Still don't understand what the benefits are. COVID will never be eradicated. You realize this, right? The flu is a type of COVID. Is the flu eradicated? We have a shot for the flu. They have to get a new one every year because the flu mutates every year. COVID is going to do the same thing. So if you sit there and believe that somehow we're going to eradicate it by everybody getting vaccinated, then you don't understand how these viruses and bacteria function. People need to start thinking for themselves and start demanding our rights back. This disease has less than 1% mortality rate. There's no reason for this. Enough is enough. So state democratic legislatures in all their wisdom and glory passed this new law limiting the ability of police to take somebody into custody. Uh, It puts limits on physical contact. It puts limits on what kind of non-lethal weapons can be used and all, all kinds of stuff. You know, some dumbass politician slash probably once a lawyer slash has never done any real job in his entire life but sat behind a desk and been a politician you know thought this really great law up and this week even though the law is not into effect a lot of police departments have already started doing it in anticipation of it And so this week was a prime example of why this is a failed piece of legislation. In Burien, they had some dude having a mental health crisis. And uh, cops went out there and contacted him. And you aren't allowed to put your hands on... Even if you're not, not taking them to jail, if a cop comes out... Somebody's having a mental health crisis and they need to uh, take them in uh, for an involuntary, you know, to a hospital or whatever to have a psychiatric evaluation. Cops can no longer put hands on that person in order to do that. They have to go along willingly. So if somebody was about to shoot themselves or cut their own wrist, jump off a bridge, Literally, the cops cannot touch them or grab them or restrain them in any way. They have to go willingly, which is completely asinine and just shows the ignorance and incompetence of politicians who don't have a clue what it's like to contact these people in the field. You know, I did it for nine years. Nine years as a police officer, 17 years as a firefighter, and 
unless you've been out there and dealt with those people on in that situation, you have no clue, obviously, what you're talking about uh, on what it takes sometimes to get these people the help they need. <clears throat> so, anyway, they pass this law. So they go out in Burien, they contact this guy having a mental health crisis. He basically tells him to kick rocks, runs back into his apartment, <clears throat> closes the door, tells him to get a warrant. Well, there's there's nothing they can get a warrant for. You can't get a warrant for somebody having a mental health crisis. So they leave because they have to. And a few hours later, this guy ends up burning down an 80-unit apartment building. Burns down the whole apartment complex. 80 people out of a home. Uh, several people had to be rescued and were injured. I mean, when are these politicians going to start being held liable for these stupid-ass, ignorant laws that they come up with? when they're having some kind of wet dream about social justice and equity or whatever it is that leads them to come up with this complete bullshit. When are we going to hold them responsible? Those, whoever came up with this law and put it on the police departments to try to function like this needs to be held personally accountable for that. They should be sued. Those people should be able to sue the politicians that wrote that dumbass law. What do these politicians think is going to happen? How, how are the cops supposed to do their job? How are they supposed to get these people? It's an involuntary. Obviously, the people don't want to go, but they need to. I mean... <clears throat> We've got some real dumbass politicians in Washington, clearly. And I'm just wondering what it's going to take for them to wake up and stop living in this little fantasy land where they are so detached from reality, they have no clue what's going on. And I don't know why anybody would still want to be a cop in the state of Washington. You're just asking to get fired or thrown in jail. Again, enough is enough. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Behind the Line podcast. I hope you will subscribe to the channel so you can get regular updates. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, I hope you will also uh, like it, share it, and uh, subscribe on YouTube as well. You can find us on... YouTube, Facebook, Anchor, Sprecher. We're on various other podcast platforms. Um, and you can find me on LinkedIn under John Washington. Again, thank you for listening. We appreciate your support.